Bob, Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's the Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. I've got my old buddy Thomas Booker on today, and we're going back uh, reliving some of the uh, history of Rutherford County before you ever got on the air today. And Thomas, uh, this is some magical stuff that, that you brought over this morning. Well, I thought I'd just stop by and bring it in and let you know that I do collect things. Of course, the one about Mickey Mantle is, is pretty pretty good. How about that one? Oh, my goodness. Bless his heart. Is this the year that he hit the 61? You got it. Wow. Roger Maris autograph? Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. You don't see too many of his autographs, even though he died in 1985. He, uh, I don't guess he signed a whole lot. Now, bless his heart. Um even though it was a magical time for Roger Maris hitting the 61, um, I think sometimes he regretted doing it. I think he did, because too. Because it, it made a, such a negative impact in his life. Well, they said that his uh, haircuts were a lot less expensive. Because <laughs> his hair fell out. Yeah, I mean... Uh, <laughs> I'm not laughing at that. We're laughing at something else that you, he just handed me. And and uh, as usual, um, thank God for a bank. Yeah, yeah. With a vault. <laughs> you you. Um, I, I I've had a really strange weekend because my my team played pretty well. Uh, Could have won. I'm talking about the Tennessee Vols. Uh, I thought the atmosphere was unbelievable in, in uh, Neyland Stadium. I, 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 it brought back a lot of memories and a lot of good times. And it, and I'm not going to mention the other part because <laughs> the, the media is running with it, and I just don't really feel comfortable with people not talking about the good things. I mean, they don't want to do that anymore, it, it seems like. But I was so happy um with most of the people and to be perfectly honest with you i wish i had been there because that was old neyland stadium you're right and 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 most of the fans were extremely supportive uh, of our team and i think that um, things are going to go well for for the team for a long long time it it looks pretty special i wish they'd never gotten rid of philip fulmer myself but well, those things happened. Um, I did like Fulmer. I like Johnny Majors. Um, well, you can't go wrong with either of those two. No, no. And uh, they were old uh, Tennessee. And when you think about it, and I still remember when they were playing that song, When Johnny Comes Marching Home, 
after he had that uh, national championship w- mm-hmm. with uh, Pittsburgh. And um, I, lo- I love talking about the good times and good days. The the uh, I know that you are not exactly uh, a Braves fan, but I am. I I, I love watching them play. I and, like them. I don't. I don't dislike them. They're not your favorite team. No, but well, actually, they weren't my uh, a favorite team of all say, time. I was the New York Yankees when Mantle was playing? Mm-hmm. When Mantle was playing? So uh, you know, we're just like kids, aren't we? We, we are. are kids. We never <laughs> grow up. I don't want to grow up. When, when you're a sports fan, uh, it's it's just like that. Time doesn't pass by. I mean, you're just so happy to be able to enjoy a uh, kids game. It's amazing the friendships you can make from sports, too. You have made a lot of friends over the years. Now, how, 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 do, how do you manage that? Because, I mean, you've got friends all over the United States that are have been connected with baseball. Well, you have a common interest. And, of course, you're not going to agree on everything. So the yeah. things you don't agree on, you don't talk about it. Yeah. And you kind of just go along with it, if that makes sense. You're not try- you're not trying to sell them uh, 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 <laughs> grave sites, are you? No, You've already sold me. Wait, you- yeah, you did. You, you did got some prime real estate over there from, at Evergreen. Yeah, from Jackie. I uh, mean, seriously. I know some people in Smyrna, for instance, that go out to Mapleview and just buy a grave to resell them. Now, don't tell me that. Uh, that it, that turns into a business. I well, mean, it can. Now, you know, that that's special. No one's saying you can't. Well, you, you, you look at it, you know, people like to go visit their family and stuff like that and still have great remembrances of their family. Sure. But uh, I can't see it as a business. You, you know, back in the... Years, years ago, I told Bubba he would be the last one to put me down. And doggone, if I didn't outlive him, I, know. I better outlive you, big I boy. I hope so. <laughs> I hope I so, too. I don't want you going anywhere anytime soon. You're a baby. How, how's mom and dad? They're both doing very well. I hope they're listening. I talked to them last night and said that you had asked me to be on today, so they told yeah. me to tell you hello. Oh, they're, 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 well. they're two great people. I love both of them. They're, they're something else. What's the weather like up there? Cold. Well, it's probably 10 degrees colder than here. So if it's 50 here, it's 40 there. But, you know, 50 here is so much better than 40 there. Plus it was 39 there, here this morning. Yeah. Uh, it's probably it's probably the same up there as far as, you know, in the nighttime. But during the day, it doesn't, yeah. get, as, doesn't get as warm. Who's going to win the World Series this year? Because I, the Braves are looking good right now. Well, from what I've seen, I, I would like to see the Braves win it all. I would like it to be a Boston Red Sox, Atlanta Braves. That would be pretty neat. World Series. Yeah. First time they would ever face each other. 1948, it came down to a one-game playoff, the Indians and the Red Sox. Uh, and the Indians won, but it could yeah. have been a Boston Braves, Boston Red Sox. No one really remembers that. But Gene Harden, or Gene Harden, Gene Bearden and uh, Mel Parnell faced each other, and Gene Bearden won the game. But it would be neat to have that, you know, finally happen 
I guess it's what that would 70, be historic. Seventy-three it? years later, the Boston, yeah. uh, the Boston Red Sox against the Atlanta Braves. People forget that the Boston or the Atlanta Braves they were in Boston from 1871 to 1952. I mean, that's a long time. Calculate eighty years. Yeah. I mean, they they've technically still been in Boston longer than they've been. You know, of course they were in Milwaukee for what thirteen years. Yeah. And then they were in. They've been in Atlanta since 1966, but yeah, it's just a neat thing to think about. How what, are you, what are you thinking? Why did it take so long to get baseball in the area where baseball really belongs, and that's in the the southeast? I mean, it, it took forever to get them down here. The Cardinals, of course, I don't really consider them southeast. But, no, but but that was they're uh, in the south. But most not. most of the people in our area back in those old days were St. Louis Cardinal fans. A couple Reds fans are not really. Yeah, yeah, but uh, and then they finally were able to go to Atlanta, mm-hmm. and then everybody. I know my mom and dad. They they couldn't wait for the Brave games to come on. Although my dad had been a Cardinal fan most of his life, so. Um, most of the old Southerners that I remember, you know, back when I was a child that, you know, grew up in the 20s and 30s and 40s, of course, why would you not be a Cardinals fan? Because they were, you know, the team for so many years. Yeah. I guess it followed the media, the, the strong uh, uh, support that was in the New England area and around where most of the people lived. I guess that was that was probably it more than anything else. But we all grew up playing baseball, every one of us, and even – uh, my dad's uh, generation and my granddad's generation, they played baseball. So, sure. Uh, it, it, it's its always been here with us, and I still believe that it's America's game. I know. I, I, I sit there and, and, and on the edge of my uh, seat uh, uh, with Barry and sit there and watch the Tennessee games every time they come on. <laughs> but there's something about sitting in a stadium, especially in the summertime, and watching baseball with your friends and just taking part of the atmosphere that's oh, yeah. going on there. Even when it was Fulton County Stadium or, you know, somewhere. Yeah. Just the game being played. But these newer ballparks that provide a better atmosphere, I think it makes it a lot more enjoyable. You think so? Yeah, I do. I mean, you know, the scenery overall, what you're seeing in the outfield, you just have more things to look at and more things to talk about, I think. I mean, you watch the game, but you got the scenery in the background. It's kind of neat. But when you walk into uh, old Yankee Stadium, when you walk into to Fenway Park, uh, most definitely. I, when you when you went in there, uh, you go back in time. It it just has a way of of um, I still getting go back to in time. you. I still go back in time. Well, you don't have far <laughs> to go. It's funny though. You're talking about the Boston Braves. They were the sole team in boston for 30 years with the senior circuit you know the national league and then 1900 when the american league was created and uh was going to rival the national league uh the boston red sox were actually set up to play in buffalo i don't know if you knew that or not but at the last second ban johnson the american league president he actually moved the buffalo i guess you would have called them the buffalo americans to Boston, and they actually rivaled the Boston Braves. Now, when would 
Buffalo. Mm-hmm. If they had gone to Buffalo, just think when is uh, when was the World Series played back then? It's the it's 154 games back in right. It was time. played right at the like October the first, somewhere right around the first. Buffalo of gets cold. It gets very cold. It breaks all kinds of cold records and snow records and everything else. They've got the Buffalo Bisons up there that you know play, but yeah, it it had been horrible. I mean, that had been one place I wouldn't have wanted to go. But you look at the Minnesota Twins; they played outside at Metropolitan Stadium for all those years, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, and it was pretty cold up there too but I, I i agree with you it's just weird to think of the boston red sox possibly you know never moving and being in buffalo being the buffalo you know red sox the buffalo the, uh, can't even beat the uh, nashville uh, uh the the titans ain't that the truth isn't that good, something good game last night yeah very good game and the, the titans came out ahead even though they were a big underdog last night. I'm surprised Buffalo went down. I thought they would have done better, but the they have a good tight end, and I saw that he got hurt in the fourth quarter and left. So that might have been part of the game changer. I'm not really for sure. How are you twin buddies? Doing well. I talked to Kenny before I came in, and he told me to tell you hello. He's probably listening oh, as well. Good for him. So... He's, he, he's a great interview. He's a lot of fun. He is. He's got a lot of baseball history of course when you're born and raised in it you know it's a little different but uh good fellow though for sure if you had played baseball Mm -hmm. thomas what would have been the team that you would have selected tell me the era um 1950s Mm, i mean i put you on a spot i know that because that's why I said the 1950s and 60s. It would have been fun playing in New York in the 1950s. Probably for the Yankees or the New York Giants, one of those two. It kind of stinks, though, I guess, more or less, knowing that the Giants and Dodgers left. But it would have been fun. I mean, reading a lot of those biographies like Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle, Mel Ott. I mean, just that whole New York atmosphere, Toot Shore. Yeah. Uh, going to places like that, the Stork Lounge or the Stork Club. It would have been neat to, you know, see it, Copacabana. I can tell you we've got people here at Adams Place that saw games in, in the 50s, back in the old days when it was uh, New York had three of the top teams in baseball during that time. And, and, and they got a lot of attention because um, – uh, the media was so strong in the New York area. I think that was one of the biggest reasons that uh, they did have three teams in New York at sure. the time. It would have been fun to have gone to San Francisco in the late 50s and early 60s before it went, you know, cuckoo. Nah. No, back when it was still good. It was wholesome, you know, in the 50s and 60s, or early 60s before it went, you know, cuckoo. But that would have been kind of a neat atmosphere. I think 1940s, I think, playing for the Cardinals during the war, I think, would have been kind of neat. Uh, 1930s, probably back in New York. You're talking about back in the 40s now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I it, think Cleveland, to an extent, would have been neat back in the 30s, you know, because it was, yeah. at one time, one of the largest cities in the United States. Do uh, you remember Norris Lovern? Yes. Because he did more for most uh people as far as dealing with sports and kids i mean baseball was his number one love he was in world war ii 
And when he came back, uh, they landed in New York, and uh, they were asked, what can we do for you? Because, I mean, they were heroes back in those days and should have been. Sure. And the first thing out of Norris's uh, mouth, he says, I want to go to Giants Stadium and watch the Giants play. <laughs> can you imagine? They got him tickets, and he got to go and – and and watch a baseball game. That was his number one See, love. That had been awesome. It, wasn't that something? And I think talking about that, I I think really more or less I'd have played for the New York Giants or the New York Yankees. I like Casey Stangle, and of course the Giants had Mel Ott. They let Mel Ott go and hired Leo DeRocher. And I think playing for one of those three would have been, you know, a really neat experience. Yeah. But well, I I still have questions. Why in the world? Did they fire Casey after he had uh, won so many championships in a row? Probably just thought he was too old to do the job. And he had lost the 1959 season. I mean, they didn't even go to the playoffs that year. And then 1960, I think, just being that close. Well, they were all getting old. Well, that's true. All the, all the Yankee players were just about. But unfortunately, sometimes when a team collapses – the manager is looked at as the problem and you know it, it could have been a front office situation really but fortunately you know they were able to come back the following year and yeah. uh go back and win well, actually two in a row but then they lost 63 and 64 so I, i'm not really for sure i don't think there was anybody injured i think just the pirates really played better in the 1960 world series I didn't think they played that much better. They, well. The Yankees just pretty much destroyed them in most of the games. There wasn't a strikeout in game seven. Did you know that? Uh huh. There was not a strikeout in game seven. Yeah. No one struck out. Yeah. I think it was just some, I don't know. I, I really don't. Um, they weren't as good a team as the Yankees were. The Yankees never really had good pitching toward the end yeah. of their career. Yeah. I mean, Bob Turley won the Cy Young in 58, and Whitey Ford was there. But besides that, they really just didn't have strong pitching. You know, the early 19, late 40s, early 50s, with Lopat, uh, Reynolds, and uh, Rashi, they were a lot better team, I thought, as far as, you know, you've got to have pitching to win. And some of those late 60s Yankees, they just basically out-hit everybody. Yeah. And the hitting more or less won it. And that was what was crazy in some of the World Series games. I think there was a – it was over 10 runs scored in three of the four games by the Yankees. Yeah. But if the hitting was on, the hitting was on. But if the hitting was off, you know, the pitching just wasn't as good. There was one word that beat the Yankees back. What's that? Tony Kubek. Tony Kubek. Couldn't catch the ball. I, <laughs> I, I still get mad at that. There you go. You're playing one of the greatest teams that ever had – and he he was just dropping the ball. I think Ralph Hope came in and just took control of the team again, and you know, yeah, because he was the manager in '61 and two. Yeah. But then you got to also look at who they faced, and no offense to the Cincinnati Reds in '61, they just really weren't the greatest team. I didn't think. I mean, you know, no. Fred Hutchinson was a good manager for the Reds, but it just, eh. But the Dodgers in '62, you know, they. The 1959 Dodgers are one of the worst teams to ever win the World Series. They just are a bunch of old veterans, basically, you yeah. know, got together and 
they had some good pitching performances, most notably by Larry Sherry, won two games in the World Series. Uh, but they had started rebuilding Walter O'Malley and Walter Austin. In 1962, I mean, they were coming on pretty strong. You know, Koufax, 61 was Sandy's actually really first, you know, decent year. Prior to that, he had been pretty terrible. A lot of people think, you know, he's the greatest pitcher ever, but, you know, I can't judge five seasons of, you know, spectacular pitching to say you're the greatest. Uh, part of his problem was they played at the Coliseum there in Los Angeles and left field was 280 feet. So, you know, that could be a struggle for anyone. But I, 1960, don't, I don't think you can tell which players are the best. You can't. Well, for someone, uh, and, and you and I have been in agreement on this, uh, those players have so many great uh, assets. They have, they've, they've had great seasons. But to say that one player is better than another player over time, I just can't see it because every generation has its heroes. Right. And, and just to, to say that, especially in this day and time, the announcer, the the reporters are terrible. Horrible. They get up there. Yes, they are. They Horrible. don't have a clue what they're talking about. They really don't. They don't know their history. No, they don't know. And, and when you try to compare uh, one generation against another, it's impossible. No, you're exactly right. But I, I do think, <laughs> again... Koufax. Of course, I know what you hadn't mentioned Harmon Killebrew yet. Well, no, but now Harmon said that from from what uh, his family has told me, you know, Koufax was one of the best he saw. But again, he saw him in '65, and Koufax was on fire. He won the Cy Young that year, the second yeah. Cy Young of three. He'd win one in 1966 too, but. 1962, the Dodgers moved into the Dodger Stadium. Mm -hmm. Dodger Stadium is a pitcher's park. Yeah. And I've seen studies done on Dodger Stadium. You can sit here and say what you want, but Don Drysdale shined. A lot of pitchers have shined for some reason in Dodger Stadium. I don't know if it's because it's built, in, you know, into the hill there or what it yeah. is, but uh, pitchers seem to do very well there, especially at nighttime. Mm -hmm. And some of the studies done, I mean, Don Drysdale's a prime example. He could never beat good teams. He always beat. Never beat the Yankees. No, he always beat teams in last place. He yeah. dominated against the Pirates. He dominated against the Braves. But those teams, they were not that great when Don Drysdale was, you know, pitching against them. But when it came to a good team like the Giants, he couldn't ever beat them. Yeah. So, you know, but Koufax really came on board. I mean, he won in the 1960s. Here's what's funny. So, most people don't know this. 1962, Don Drysdale won the National League Cy Young Award. Mm -hmm. 1963, Sandy Koufax won the National League Cy Young Award. Yeah. 1964, Dean Chance won the American League uh, Cy Young Award. Yeah. 1965, Sandy Koufax. 1966, Sandy Koufax where are they all pitching? Who's their home stadium? 1964, the Angels still play at Dodger Stadium. They played there from 1962 to 1964 before they moved into – or 65 before they moved into Chavez Ravine. They actually played 62 – or no, they played 61 at Wrigley Field in Los Angeles. But all those pitchers played at Dodger Stadium. Yeah. Dodger Stadium has an advantage. That's one reason why 
some of these pitchers now with the Dodgers, they really shine at Dodger Stadium. It's still, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's the way the wind comes down or what it is. It's just a pitcher's park. Yeah. So it's just interesting. But going back to the left, the greatest left-handed pitcher, on my team, I would take Whitey Ford. Yeah. Underrated. Warren Spahn was really good, too, but Warren Spahn also pitched his heart out. But, I mean, very dominant. But Warren Spahn also played on a lot of great teams, as did Whitey Ford. Koufax did, too. But durability, they just, I, in my mind, you know, Whitey Ford especially, because he had the wins, plus he had, well, he didn't have the wins Warren Spahn had, but I just think both of them dominated a whole lot more than Koufax. And, of course, and, we saw Whitey Ford a lot in the World Series. Sure. And – he was, he was the smoothest pitcher I have ever seen. The chairman of the board. Yeah, he seemed like it was no effort at all. And and then when that ball came in, they never knew what was going to happen. No, with it. they never did. And I mean, Koufax was amazing, and he's a Hall of Famer. But you know, five years of dominant pitching, in my mind, does not make you the best. Uh, yeah. And then he had to retire because of arm trouble. So, I mean, if I'm going to build a baseball team and I want the greatest left-handed pitcher, it's not Sandy Koufax. I take – actually, the, the greatest left-handed pitcher in my mind is uh, Lefty Grove, who won 300 games and lost like 150. But he played in the 1920s and 30s. Yeah. And dominant. 1931, I mean, he went 31-4. and four. I mean, he was lights out, one of the best ever. It's hard to compare it is all, right. all of baseball because think of the ba the ball itself. The ball has changed so much over the years. Uh, it was pretty much a dead ball when, when you think about it in early baseball. Sure. And then it became livelier and livelier. And um, I, I think about a lot of times when you were talking about the Red Sox, when Babe Ruth played for the Red Sox. Sure. And uh, he he was not only a, a dominant hitter, he's a dominant pitcher back in those days also. Very much so. He had, er he, he had all the skills. Mm -hmm. And then whatever the reason for Boston to sell Babe Ruth to the New York Yankees. Harry Frazee was in debt. Yeah, but can you imagine? Uh, probably... Uh, Stupid. He made baseball in those days. Oh, he did. I mean, he – and I still think, you know, you say the greatest player ever, I still think it's Babe Ruth. I mean, for him to, to do what he did but also be a dominant pitcher, like I said, 20-game winner. So, I mean, he was able to do it on both sides. Yeah. And, you know, he was consistent. It wasn't, you know, two years, oh, my gosh, you're amazing, like this Otani for the Angels. I mean, yeah. people are excited about him, and I think it's neat, but it's not the same. Well, plus Dave, uh, Babe Ruth was—he he had witchcraft on his side. Look how long it took for the Red Sox to win after they got rid of him. You're right yeah, about unbelievable. That. You're right about that. What, 1918 yeah. to 2004? The legends and the stories of baseball never end. No, and not it, in my mind. And each uh, major baseball city, it—it—it uh, it, it, it dominated. The, the all the conversations back in those days. That's it's why unbelievable. I'm, well, and I'm kind of hoping if the if the if it is the Red Sox and it is the Atlanta Braves, I'm kind of hoping some of that old history is kind of revived a little bit and yeah. people start to you know appreciate more of the history. And uh, 
I'll tell you this, the uh, the Boston Braves played at, I think it was South End, I can't remember if it was South End Grounds in Philadelphia, or I mean in Boston. Anyways, 1915, they built Braves Field, Yeah. and it was nicknamed the Wigwam, so <laughs> I know. Forgive me for offending anybody by saying Wigwam, but... You know, kind of a cool name for, you know, the Boston Braves. They took the name, I think, in 1915. Not really for sure why they became the Braves, but they did. And what's neat is, so the Boston Red Sox actually played their World Series at Braves Field mm-hmm. um, in 1915 and 19, what, 7, 1918. Yeah. They played there at... Uh, at, at Braves Field. Because what was it, the attendance there? Yeah, if I had to guess, I'd say probably 30,000 maybe. I'm yeah. not really 100%. That's pretty good. But I can tell you day. one thing that's kind of crazy. F- forgive me if I'm wrong, but when Braves Field opened in 1915, I think it was six or seven years before someone hit a home run there. Wow. Yeah. I mean, home runs, you know, again, dead ball era. Yeah. They weren't that common. I mean, you had people like Gabby Kravitz playing for the Philadelphia Phillies who led the league, you know, six, seven times in home runs, left-handed hitter, and, you know, right field was 270 feet. So, you know, you could just golf one over the wall. But at Braves Field, I mean, it was – I think it was 520 feet to center field. So, I mean, you know, the longest home run hit, Mickey Mantle, 565 feet. Yeah. And that happened, what, one time. So, you you wouldn't have home runs like that. But what I was going to say about Braves Field is – when the Braves left in 1952 and went to Milwaukee, uh, basically their attendance was just down. The Boston Red Sox had kind of come back. You know, Tom Yawkey was committed to winning, and the Braves just basically went bankrupt. And their AAA team was in Milwaukee. So in 1953, they moved to Milwaukee, and, you know, they led the league in attendance for several years there in Milwaukee. But Braves Field was left to uh, – it was left – It was, part of it was demolished – Part of it, though, still stands today. Boston College plays their football games there. Wow. And so you can actually go there, and the ticket office is still there. It's a police station, and part of the grandstand is still there. So you can walk under the grandstand and kind of get the feeling of, you know, 1915 all over again, yeah. which is kind of neat. And the, the ticket office, which was also the, uh, you know, the, the office for the, the people that ran the team, uh, it's very – you know, 1915 looking, but it was just neat they left it. So, you know, part of that right field corridor or whatever still there. It's neat. They and pl- it's six blocks from uh, six blocks from uh, Fenway Park. Yeah. So it was close. Yeah. Just like, you know, Polo Grounds and Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. Just neat that they're that close. But when the, you know, when the Milwaukee Braves moved to, or I'm sorry, when the Boston Braves moved to Milwaukee, they shined for several years. Yeah, they you know. Did. Lou Perini was very committed to winning, and of course, you know, they, they, they fluked in 1948 and went to the World Series, and they probably shouldn't have. It was just, for whatever reason that year, chemistry, you know, developed, and they were able to beat everybody else to win the pennant. But I think in 1948, there weren't that many good teams in the National League that pretty much all played the same. Yeah. But were you ever a Milwaukee Brave fan? No. Um, I... Um Started uh, my first team that I loved was the Boston Red Sox. I loved to watch Ted Williams swing the bat, and and then uh, then Mickey Mantle, uh, my coach, 
was a Mickey Mantle fan, and he he gave me a seven on my shirt. So I was. Uh, you said buy a Ted from Williams. then from the, yeah from then on. Uh, of course, Ted Williams went into the military. Yeah, uh, uh, and and, um, and he was a um, um, one of maybe twenty or thirty guys that some of those guys were at the peak of their career, and um, they wanted to go in and fight for our country, which, you know, they're all heroes to me. Most definitely. Yeah. But one of the things that uh, I find interesting, during the 50s, uh, late 40s, 50s, and um, maybe almost into the late 50s, those the baseball players had to get other jobs when the season was over because they weren't making enough money uh, to uh, support their families back in those days. And you, you, you Mickey Mantle would go back to uh, uh, Oklahoma and work in the minefields. Well, remember you my think dad about telling you? It. Remember my dad telling you that he also drove my dad's friend around? Yeah, yeah. And- Mickey Mantle was taking him to high school or to, you know, elementary school. Yeah. Now, now, can you imagine somebody like Matt? What if you were talking about players in today's time? How many of them would have to have a second job? None of them. That's I'm, why they're I'm millionaires. Not, that's why I'm not a fan of today's game. Yeah. I mean, I want the Braves to win, but only because I want to hear the history of the Braves in Boston, which I already know. I just want somebody else to say it instead of me having to sit here and say it. Yeah. You know, maybe more people can care about it. But, yeah, you can't relate to somebody making $30 million a year. That's my whole, you know, squeal as far as today's baseball. And a lot of them will complain and not, well. Yeah, boo-hoo. Baseball, wear a, yeah, wear baseball. a diaper. Yeah. I it's mean, just, babies. Yeah, it's I unbelievable. Mean, you know, well, it's a kid's game, and they're kids, I guess. They, you know, pitch count now. I hate pitch counts. I think that's stupid. Yeah. A guy pitches seven innings, but he's, you know, 97 pitches, you're close to 100, so we're going to go on ahead and let you sit. Yeah, automatically. They want to protect their investment. <laughs> and I just think it's a joke. Yeah, yeah, money changes everything. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Thomas Booker. Honoring and remembering those who served in our military, here is today's Salute to Veterans. True American hero, Norm Elzir. We talked to a World War II veteran. What would be the closest moment to death? Was that being shot down that one time? Were you ever oh, captured or anything like no, that? No, we weren't captured. I landed in a tree and I was unconscious. I woke up, there were three rifles pointed at me. Strange uniforms. One guy says, Englishki, Amerikanski, Germanski. And I said, American. And he cut me down and hugged me. These were the Chetnik people that took care of us. That was really something. There was a guy by name of General Draza Mihalovich, general of the king's army, and the king was deposed by the Tito, the communists. But this general told his people, you take care of the Americans. He always did that. Tell us how you got rescued. A gentleman by the name of Vajoinovich, he was in the OSS, which is the CIA today. They had put together this idea of coming in and getting us with airplanes. They come in with C-47s. Each C-47 had six P-51 escorts. And they come in, it was about one in the morning, and I was on the first plane out because I was sick at the time. That's what this book, The Forgotten 500, refers to. They actually flew out over time, 500, saved us. And all of our names, there were rescues in the back of that book. This has been a Salute to Veterans on WGNS Radio. 
Restoration One of Middle Tennessee. A team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster strikes. After disaster strikes. Fire, water, or storm damage. We can help you get your life back to normal quickly. Restoration One Middle Tennessee.com. Locally and veteran owned. Hi, my name is Patrick Garland, and I love living here at Adams Place. Because ever since I came here, I feel I'm part of a new family. The people here are fantastic, the employees as well as the residents. I'm meeting so many wonderful people, and I just enjoy every single day. I do a lot of reading, I do a lot of writing, research. I have invited my friends to come to Adam's Place to visit and see what it offers. You don't have hot dogs or apple pie or no Chevrolet to drive, but we have some hickory smoke wings you're just dying to try. You'll try them, you'll like them, you'll give some to a friend. So on a dare, just stop on by and bring in a friend. Slick Pig Barbecue, 1920 East Main. Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at TireWorld.us. Hey, gentlemen, it's Scott. Make your health a priority with a quick and easy health assessment at Low T Center right here in Murfreesboro, where they exclusively specialize in men's wellness, and they are one of the leading men's medical providers in the country. Low T Center has reinvented the doctor's visit, making it quick and easy to get all your levels checked, not just your testosterone levels. It starts with an annual wellness exam, where they do a comprehensive health assessment so that you know all your numbers that are important to your health. If you've been feeling tired, grumpy, noticed weight gain or a loss of muscle mass, these could all be signs of low testosterone levels, low thyroid, or even sleep apnea. Low T Center can determine the cause and help. And now they offer monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments, providing convenience and additional health monitoring measures for your safety, including a take-home blood pressure monitoring cuff. Self-inject at-home treatments are $155 a month, self-pay, or covered by most health insurance. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment. Low T Center, reinventing men's health Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. The Tennessee Education Lottery is reporting record revenue. TEL officials reported nearly $502 million of total revenue between July 1st and September 30th, and that is the highest of any fiscal year's first quarter since the lottery started in 2004. A total of $118 million was transferred to the Lottery for Education account during the first quarter. A dozen men booked into the Rutherford County Jail last week following a human trafficking operation in Murfreesboro. The lockups are from a two-day undercover investigation aimed at addressing human trafficking in Middle Tennessee. Authorities placed decoy advertisements on websites known to be linked to prostitution and commercial sex cases. The Tennessee Bureau of Investigation says somebody's spoofing their phone number to scam you. 
TPI officials said Monday they had received several calls from people saying somebody called them and identified themselves as an officer with the TBI. The Bureau says officers would never do that, and anybody getting a phone call following that script should ignore the call. To report spoofing, you're asked to call 1-800-TBI-FIND. Nobody heard after a chemical spill in Laverne. Hazmat crews called to the Bridgestone Firestone Distribution Center Monday. They were able to contain the spill without anybody being injured. Laverne officials say one person had to be evacuated. And a new beer named for a Nashville soccer club fan will be available by the case on Thursday. The gold lager by Yazoo is called Let My People Gold after a fan known as Soccer Moses showed up at the team's first ever game dressed as the biblical prophet. He was holding a sign that said Let My People Goal. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock when it breaks and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Hello, this is Greg Tidwell from Bell Jewelers. There's nothing like the sparkle of a Bell Jewelers diamond. That's something my father said a long time ago, and we honor that tradition today by picking just the most beautiful diamonds for our Murfreesboro customers. My father, Blake Tidwell, said Bell Jewelers can't do it, no one can. Bell Jewelers at 821 Northwest Broad Street. We're across the street from Toots. We're open 10 to 6 during the week, 10 to 5 on Saturday, and closed most Sundays. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. We'll see mostly sunny skies here this afternoon, high in the mid-70s. Southwest winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear, low near 49. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 46. Premier Six Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline, 896-4100 or go seeamovie.com. Popcorn pop fresh daily. Their movie hotline, 896-4100 or go seeamovie.com. Premier Six on Broad and Jackson Heights. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. And I'm glad that I can serve them all. And welcome back with Thomas Booker. You know, we have a lot of fun together, don't we? We, uh, we we left for about three or four minutes and went out in the lobby and got us a cup of coffee over there here at Adams Place. And one of the sweetest ladies you will ever run into, she's from Brooklyn, New York, and she has such a great mind and history of that area in Brooklyn. And she used to go watch the, 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 the bums play, the Dodgers, <laughs> and, and all those – and I could sit there and listen to her talk forever about, awesome. about that particular area. Dim bums. Yeah, dim bums. Dutch. Yeah. Did and, not and, know that. And you guys had a great conversation going on because you have a, a, a strong uh, uh, mind as far as remembering things and studying things. Only stuff that I like. And you, you guys had a great <laughs> conversation back there. I could have stayed there forever yeah. and not open my mouth just listening. I was surprised she knew what I knew, but then I'm sure she was probably surprised that, yeah. you know, I knew what she knew. So. Yeah. 
It's all good. That's what makes the world good, Thomas. It really does. It, it really does. I like meeting people and, you know, helping people. And it's you fun. have a great family. You come from a great family. Well. And I can see where you, you get the things that you enjoy and, and you're able to relate way. it back to other people. I'm glad they all originated out of Smyrna. I love Smyrna. Yeah. Smyrna's a good place. I don't think Smyrna is probably one of the best towns I have ever known that once was a military town. It, sure. Of course, it was Air Force. but I wish uh, it was still there. Yeah, I, I do too, but, you know, you have to change. You have to grow. But the people seem to stay the same. Sure. It's one of those places that I just absolutely love going to and and talking. with And the history um, of Smyrna, I can remember when all of us were wearing no shoes, barefooted, and, and just enjoyed each other. I mean, it was really, really special. And the Air Force Base seemed to make it really, really special. They knew that they were in a in a community that loved other people sure. in, in, in Smyrna. And, and then you mix that with the Air Force people who were there for a particular reason during the war times and, and after. And I think about it, well, how better can you get? No, you're right. It, it's unbelievable. In the Air Force Base, you know, it also helped integrate different religions. It helped you know, integrate different nationalities. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when the Air Force Base left, a lot of the foundations had already been established. And, yeah. you know, I think it really helped the community. But they had to come back. They didn't want to leave, <laughs> That's true. which is amazing. Mr. Ben Johns that I buried yesterday, one of the finest people I ever Tell knew. Tell everybody about him. He was a good man. He uh, was actually born at Goochlands, uh, where... The runway ends right there at Sam Ridley Parkway. Mm -hmm. uh, his brother Dick was telling me he was born in the old farmhouse, but right there at the end of the or right there at the end of the of the uh, runway, that's where his house was. But their whole farm actually extended the entire runway and went up to what's now Percy Priest. Yeah, that was all the family farm at one time. And of course, when they came in in 1941, they uh, they lost their property. I guess the government, you know, paid them whatever they the amount was and yeah a lot of that was torn down but it was he was somebody that uh had spent his entire life basically right there in smyrna born 1929 and uh i didn't really know a lot about him because he was somebody that was a very private person and mm -hmm. you know good friend but uh always had a smile on his face he uh actually helped build the interstate system here in tennessee wow um and his brother was telling me you know just some of the different with mcdowell mcdowell mm -hmm. uh, he was just neat though i don't know but he raised cattle there for a while he was a 70-year mason at yeah. the masonic lodge there in smyrna he actually donated the land the lodge was built on so uh he's just one person in this crazy world you couldn't say a bad thing about I'm just sad that he passed away, but, you yeah. know, 92 years of living, that's a good life. It is a good life. So. But but you have done well in, in Smyrna. Of course, I consider you a Smyrna <laughs> resident uh, uh, for, for because of your mom and dad and, and things like that. Sure. But to have – Woodfins is so fortunate to have someone like you who knows 
all the flavors of Smyrna. You you know everything where it, uh, what got it started, and then all of the different uh, uh, groups of families that that. I mean, all you have to do is mention a last name, and and it, and then it pops up Most as definitely. to who they are. And I mean, I love my job and what I do, but uh, I also love Smyrna. So you take what I do and you take where I call home that I love, mm-hmm. mix it together. You know, I'll do anything I can for the funeral home and for the city of Smyrna to, yeah. uh, you know, care for its citizens. And uh, I'm just fortunate to be able to be there. So it's you can walk over at their funeral for. home, that Smyrna funeral home. I probably could. <laughs> <laughs> but but you, you can walk almost walk from there over to the, the, the old-time grave sites. Oh, most there. definitely. And See, my house is two blocks from the cemetery, so, you know, and I don't have a red light between my house and the funeral home, so it's a, it's a good place to be. Have you ever gotten a tick, speeding ticket in Smyrna? Back in the day, I got a couple. But Did you? That was a long time ago <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away. I've, I've done a lot better. I, I got one before you were born in Smyrna. My cousin, Terry Davenport, uh, I had walked in to, to pay my ticket, and he was, was it Reg? No, what was he? He was something up there. I can't remember what it was. He said, what are you doing here? And I told him, and he took me in the corner and <laughs> told me never to come back so oh he sure did and i thought well son of a gun i don't want to let him down so but terry's a great person yeah and like i said he's a distant cousin but he's he's a uh, quite the character but after that and you know i don't want to embarrass myself in front of kevin so i try to drive a little more respectful and you know careful going through there you never did get to go on one of those calls for Woodfins, did you? When the, back before they had uh, uh, a, a, any type of uh, no. ambulances or anything here in Rutherford County, the funeral homes would make all the calls. To, Walter to King the, Hoover's daughter, Jean Ross, she mm-hmm. used to go on a lot of them, and she's like an adopted grandmother to me, and she's told me several stories back in the day about yeah. her running calls ambulance calls for her dad yeah. and just some of the stuff you'd run into and i don't know how you would do it because i mean of course back then they didn't have gloves they didn't have i mean you know i guess you wore your suit and i mean sometimes yeah you'd come up on a mess and i'd be very depressed we have a call on the line caller welcome aboard with thomas booker Hey, Truman. Thomas, how you guys doing? Doing fine. Hope you're well. Uh, I am. You you checked on me the other day. I wanted you to kind of go into what you did to me. This is uh, David Gammon. Yes. Pulled, hey, David. Pulled into, pulled into my driveway, asked me if I needed a ride. <laughs> <laughs> you know David but Gammon. I, oh, yeah, I know David. <laughs> <laughs> but I sure did. My friend and I were going to a home and uh i was actually telling my friend about david being head of security there at stonecrest for many years and we yeah. turned the corner and sure enough he's not standing there in the driveway so it was great to see you the other day i wish i had seen your better half well i we sure do thank everything you you're, you and your family you, you guys are have always my father passed away y'all y'all sure took care of us and we really appreciate everything you do thomas well, and, uh, it was an honor, David, and I consider you family. You're a good friend, and I'm glad to, you know, be as close as I am to you. Same here. 
and Truman, I, I miss those days. We used to go out in the county and go to those places and uh, uh, some of the grocery stores and grab some of that food, good food every so often. I sure miss those days. Oh, you don't know how much I do miss them, David, because that's <laughs> where we got to meet everybody and enjoy their company and and hear some of the greatest stories ever told back in those days. Hey, David, <laughs> tell Truman the story real quick about you uh, pretending to be Clint Black. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, that's back when I was doing the bodyguard work. Uh, there was a bunch of people out in front of the, the, the uh, place where they're going to perform, and uh, they're trying to figure out a way to get him. So I was in an old, uh, had my security car and everything. Well, Clint Black and, and uh, his wife drove that up, and drove that around, had them to drive that around back, and I drove up front in his, I think it was a Porsche. Ooh. And everybody was, was just Clint looking Black. and looking and all the excited. And I get out and all I heard was, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's still pretty cool, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. They, uh, that was an experience working with a lot of those uh, country music artists. Yeah. Most definitely. But, well, I tell you this my funeral song, I think one song is going to be Killing Time by Clint Black. Yeah. It's going to be yeah, what? My funeral song, Killing Time. Killing Time. Not killing another Time's one bites killing me. Dust. I could do another one bites the dust. Or if I decide <laughs> to be cremated, Disco Inferno. <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate you better not be pushing that one now. <laughs> if you get well, cremated, just don't burn twice. <laughs> well, don't be stopping in my house asking me if I need a ride before my time, all right? Well, listen, when you're in Smyrna, you just come by and see me because now I'm typically there every day, okay? All right, will do. All right, y'all have look, a good day. See you, Dave. Take care, brother. All right, bye. Good man right there. Yeah, I, I like him. He's always been a lot of fun. and uh, I miss him over at Stonecrest because whenever I go over there on a call, we'd always cut up for a little while. Yeah. Him and another friend named George Kruger. George died of cancer last year, but he was from Detroit. And uh, the three of us, we'd sit there and, you know, ramble on for a little while but you know but george was a good guy big tigers fan so well we haven't had a call from uh your buddies today no i don't think kenny's gonna call today but i tell you this i've got i've got a call lined up with uh frank home run baker's great grandson he's gonna call oh wow in. and uh sudden sam mcdowell i think i'm gonna get him to call in when maybe i have a couple of days to call him and let him know that i'm gonna yeah. be on I think he may call in from Florida and talk oh, to wow. you. Oh, wow. You know, that's, 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 I love having you on because you're so much fun anyway. And you <laughs> and I are big buddies and your whole family. But um, this kind of gives uh, sons and grandsons or, or, or family members a chance to talk about their uh, fathers who played in the major leagues. And sure. they were all our heroes when all of us were growing up from generation to generation. And, and I really do uh, enjoy that very much because it, it gets my imagination going and, and, and it goes back to to whatever generation they were from. Makes because, it more fun. Yeah, I, 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 love, I still love reading about baseball. And, and one of the th things about baseball is uh, they can – when when you, when you think about the players when they first came up, 
a lot of the players and uh, the really great players had a terrible time their first couple of years sure. when they go up. I mean, a lot of them games. went up from the minor leagues and whatever. But but Mantle, he was having a t- terrible time hitting the ball. Willie Mays was having a terrible time hitting sure the ball. Sure was. I, th- I think Henry A., when he first came up, and I, I was reading. you got to uh, acclimate. Yeah, I was reading an, uh, Mickey Mantle's old book just the other day. And, and – uh, he was talking about Henry Avery, and he said he was amazed to watch Henry Avery swing the bat because he, he batted cross-handed when he first came up and, and playing baseball. And and uh, and they uh, the managers saw him, and, and he was just knocking the cover off the ball. But they said, we've got to change his the way he's hitting because he can't get up there and start – uh, the pitchers will so- soon get get a feel of how to pitch to him. Sure. So they taught him how to swing regularly, uh, normally, and they said that's where he went. He just went just completely off the chart. But can you imagine Henry Aaron and Eddie Matthews playing on the same team? What a draw Pretty that would special. be. I mean, it is Pretty special. special. So, if, if, the Bra- or if the Braves had never moved out of Boston – Think of Eddie Matthews and Hank Aaron playing in Boston. Yeah. I mean, they could have rivaled the legacy of Ted Williams possibly. Yeah. I mean, because Hank Aaron, I mean, you know, again, like you said, it's hard to compare who's better, Hank Aaron or Ted Williams. But, I mean, in a way, I think Hank Aaron's kind of undershadowed. He's not as, you know. Unfortunately, when you don't play in in the large media areas, right, where they they cover more uh, uh, space across the country, uh, you don't get near as much respect. Sure, and, and which is a sad thing. Because That's one reason, though. The Yankees. I mean, you know, no offense, but Mickey Mantle. I mean, he had the best writers pretty much, you know, writing for him and. But they gave him a hard time when he first went up. Oh, they did. He can go back the other way. I tell you, you know, people give him, you know, they they talk bad about him because of his drinking and stuff, but people forget the pressure you're under, especially back then. I mean, you know, now you can pretty much just tune it off, but back then you couldn't because the game was different. And there was, you know, people were more personal with each other. Yeah. And – I'm sure it wasn't easy. I mean, I can't imagine for any of those big guys, uh, you know, and I guess I look at Stan Musial as kind of like the ideal ball player. I mean, married to one woman his whole career and, you know, very religious. Yeah. But, again, the man. But he's how the man in, for a how, reason. How in the world could he hit a baseball with that stance again? I know. <laughs> I mean, it, you you had to be loose as a goose to be able to come out of that and hit a ball like he did. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, I got to tell you something, and you're going to like this. Uh, my opinion on Pete Rose is starting to go more and more your way every day. Good. And the reason is, you know, I was watching some of the playoffs, and it really just ticks me off that I see DraftKings down there on the mound. Yeah. So, stupid commissioner Rob Manfred, who I just despise, I think he's just a jerk. He's pushing for, you know, gambling in baseball. And if they're going to push for that, I heard that and they want that, well then, yeah, Pete Rose, I mean, who cares anymore? 
how can they how can they be satisfied with those type things when you when you're talking about something money. that was yeah money. money has just taken over sports and that's the one Straight thing i think you and hell. i agree fully on uh those type sports were not mentioned to be just completely money sports that's and, why it, i like the history yeah you know current days just going down the toilet yeah i mean it really is baseball players they were the idols of all the young kids back in those days but they were still just normal guys like everybody else. Right. They had to they had to go out and work for a living and but yet but basically when they, they were walked on that field it was a different story. Right. But they were fortunate to be able to play baseball, a child's yeah. game, as a career instead of having to work in a factory. Yeah. That is a blessing when you think about it. Like what my adopted grandmother always says, Elaine Killebrew, she hates the fact those players are put on pedestals yeah. she hates the fact her husband was put on a pedestal and he was worshipped by people they worshipped him but but it needs to be the kids that that have that high esteem of them Correct. everybody else out there there are people who go out and work uh 50 60 hours a week just to try to make it now those are real heroes I as agree. far as i'm concerned and and the world in in a lot of ways is passing them by and this country needs to get back on its feet and 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 just when you see a, a police officer go by you see a fireman going by of course th those are people that are out there that that are supporting us and and they're the ones that are watching over us but you have other people out there that uh the people that work in restaurants and 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 all of those people that are still out there um, working for us in all the things that we need in the grocery stores and stuff like that, you need to tell them thank you too, You're because right. they're the they're the strength of our country, the middle class people and the hardworking people, and they're out there doing things for their family like they used to back in the old days and 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 um if they weren't there you, you gotta love this country but to love this country you gotta love the people right so it's just changing and i hate it my wife says every day you need to get more with reality and stop living in the past but <laughs> sometimes no, it's just no. hard to let go of not you thomas not you thomas you because you so? put out the good word for all of us and that's I hope special. so I mean, I try to. Yeah, not I have. You'd be surprised how many people love to hear the radio show when you're on. It's it's amazing. Well, the truth is what it is. <laughs> right? It is what it is. We got to wrap up the show. I don't want to. How? What, what, it seems like you just got here. It smells like toast in here. I like it. Like what? Toast. Well, you're smelling your coffee. Well, I smelled toast before I even walked in. <laughs> Thank you, Thomas. Always a pleasure, Truman. All right, guys, we'll see you in the morning at 9. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.